most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 168 of Keeping Up With The Joneses. This week, we're talking about keys to loving well and how to communicate your need for love in order to keep your relationships vibrant. Babe, you sound so good on the intro. Thanks. I want to keep our relationship vibrant. Okay. Can you teach me some keys? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But first, the weekly catch-up. Yes. Let's face facts. There is one event that eclipses all the other events from this week. Yes, my chicken dinner. It was so good. Oh, that's not what you meant? (laughs) Don't play coy with me. Yes, folks, here's the thing. We went camping. I'm assuming people realize how much of a big deal that is. I think if they listen to our podcast for a while or have listened to any back episodes, they would realize um, that you were not exactly in love with the idea of camping. And it was mostly because camping takes place outside. Yes, it's tricky that way. And I, I, it's not that I don't necessarily like the outdoors, it's that I don't necessarily like the outdoors. <laughs> no, what okay. I mean, it's not necessarily the outdoors that's the problem. It's everything that comes with it, like the unpredictability of the humidity, the bugs, the dirt, you know, the lack of air conditioning, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And also in Tennessee, it's hot and humid. It is. Which isn't pleasant. Yes. But it's so fun. And, and I think on this trip, you tapped into the fun of it. You know, the revelation I had was, I remember once when I was a kid and I was walking home from school and it was raining and I was wearing a wool blazer because we had school uniforms. Yeah. And it's, you know, if it's raining, you're trying to keep yourself dry, but you, you eventually reach an inflection point when it's it's pointless trying to keep yourself dry. You may as well embrace the fact that you're wet. And I remember just sitting in puddles and jumping in puddles. Bear in mind, I was a little kid at this point. And yes. suddenly being soaking wet became fun. I realized that camping's a bit like that, that the efforts to not get dirty, grubby, or grimy is pointless. And once you accept that, you can just embrace the dirt, the smell, the grubbiness. Yes. And it, there, it, there is a refreshing rewardingness to it. It's true. I mean, just think, we got there, the kids ran around and played, and MJ at 7.30 was begging to go to bed. He was so tired. I can understand it. I came home from one night of camping, one measly night of camping, and we got home about, what, midday? And yeah. I, I had to have a nap. Yeah. And that didn't help, because when I woke up, I just felt like I'd been hit by a sledgehammer. And then last night, we slept so hard that actually I woke up in the night realizing that there was hair in my face, and it was MJ's head. And at some point, I had let him in under the covers, let him snuggle up with me, and I didn't remember any of it. So you just woke up to a child? I woke up to, to, to hair in my face. And I was like, buddy, what are you doing in bed? And he goes... I told you I had a dream. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I'm and I was so exhausted. Tired. I have no memory of that happening yeah. at all. So I walked him back upstairs and bribed him to stay in bed. And then I came back down and went back to sleep. So yeah, we went camping. I don't think we're making a big enough deal of this. <laughs> it was a big deal, folks. It's a big deal. It was made possible by some friends of ours who have been camping many, many times. Yes. Especially at this location. Yes. And so they knew what they were doing and they hooked us up. They advised us correctly and thoroughly. And in my defense, my vision of camping was not what this weekend was like. Oh. I thought camping was you put a backpack on your back and you load it up with heavy stuff and then you trudge unnecessarily into the wilderness without a car and you just hike and then you find somewhere to lay down and then you build a tent and build a fire and then you kind of sleep and you just kind of 
muscle through and then you come home. Well, that's kind of the camping I did in Canada. Right. So that's what I thought we were going to be doing. I didn't realize we were going to be driving to a very beautiful state park yes. where there are camp grounds. Yes. And by campgrounds, I mean you pre-book a lot that has a level concrete pad built into the side of the forest. And so that's there. And there's these nine little lots. And we had how many families with us? One, two, three, there's four. There's four of us total, yeah. And it was just... Lovely, because you're in the, literally in the middle of forest, but 15 seconds to your right is civilization. Like, there's a giant Wi-Fi antenna out, out of the park, and there's bathrooms a two-minute walk away. I was like, this, I could do this. This is, this is great. But yeah. you had a proper place to put your tent and proper fire. Yeah, there was level campgrounds, uh, and, and we only had to walk in maybe 100 meters or something to our site with all of our stuff. Right. It was so amazing. It was great. I yeah. thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I had to convince everybody because everybody thought I was just being polite. Actually, probably nobody thought I was being polite. I don't know what they were thinking, but lots of people were like, you really are having a good time? I was like, yeah, I'm genuinely having a good time. Such a good time, in fact, that we're going to do it again. Yes, we are. So anyway, I loved it. What did you think? Because, you know, we'll get to why this happened later when we talk about loving well. But what what did you think? I, uh, what did I think? I was super stressed before we went that you weren't going to like it. Because we bought a tent and everything to be able to go. Yeah, we sunk a chunk of money into this. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know. Um, but I was like, okay, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, this is something I've always wanted to do and I've wanted to take our kids. And so uh, I was nervous beforehand. But actually, once we got there and you totally got into it, I, I felt totally fine. I think the thing for me is every time I told somebody in the coming weeks that I was going camping, Everybody, universally, every single person said, I loved camping as a child. Or my favorite memories of childhood were camping. It doesn't matter whether I spoke to, you know, older people, younger people, everybody said the same thing. And then when I spoke to parents or grandparents, they were all like, my, you know, we love taking our kids camping. We just, we just loved it. And I can totally see why. I think I was freaking people out when I said that, but I totally got it. I totally understood why you would go camping. Now, here's again we didn't have rain no nothing went wrong no nobody was injured yeah we were surrounded well, by lots of people we love tia minorly injured herself she seems to have a thing right now where she's injuring herself like every day in some minor way i'm like Ugh. i rolled my ankle but you, you know did. i'm yeah. a strong confident man and i just kind of pushed through the pain barrier it was amazing mm-hmm. almost like captain america mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know the first person to draw that similarity babe okay <laughs> <laughs> So I loved it. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, is it worth talking about my breakfast bonanza? Well, first, can I just tell you the sweet thing that MJ said? Yes. So Saturday morning, we're lying there, and it's like 6.30 in the morning. Alan and I haven't made any noise yet, so the kids are quiet until we are like, okay, it's time to get up, you know. So I hear MJ, obviously Abby's eyes are open, and he goes, Abby. She says, yeah. Do you like camping? She said, I do like camping. He said, I love it. Oh. It was so sweet. I was like, okay, worth it for just that. Well, again, we, like I said, we put a couple hundred dollars into this thing. And I was thinking, I hope we like this because otherwise this has been a waste. (laughs) Otherwise we're going to have to sell all the (laughs) stuff we just bought. (laughs) Nearly new eight person tent. (laughs) You only used once. (laughs) We hate camping. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. 
Oh yeah, I love it. But the the tent we got is so cool, isn't it? it? Goes it goes up. It took us two minutes. They say it goes up in sixty seconds, but I would say it went up in two minutes. Oh, easily. Yeah. And next time, I'm sure we could do it in a minute because we actually because we'll know what we're know doing. What we're doing. Yeah. And, but yeah, we we hooked up. So so now, admittedly, I've been diverting my attention into what other ways can we make the camping experience better. Well, we need like a little string of lights for our campsite. You see, you're thinking about string lights. I'm thinking of getting rid of air mattresses because that's an exercise in in weirdness and gravity. And moving to cots, you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So here's this thing. I didn't realize car camping was a thing. Literally, I thought camping was carrying stuff on a backpack. But loading stuff into a car and then driving somewhere? I'm up for it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, the kind of camping I used to do before, which is portaging, is not car camping. It's load everything on your back, and only what's on your back comes with you. Right. See, and not, you canoe in and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to do that kids. I mean... I don't know. Alison Hendrickson had her eight-month-old tr- strapped to her back, and you know, they brought... <laughs> I was like, you guys are legit. And Marcus was out and there Samuel with And Samuel slept through the night <laughs> in, in, like, a baby cot. Yeah. You you begin to have an appreciation for your friends when you're like, wow, you have some unique skills. I did not know that you had that. And Matt Hale's swinging around his machete. Yep. I'm like, we, we saw serious man skills going on this weekend. Yeah. Which leads me to my breakfast. Yes. Go ahead, babe. Tell we were, me about your breakfast. We were making bacon on the, uh, on the grill. Who was some, making bacon on the grill? I was. Yes, you were. Yeah. We had tinfoil out and we're cooking some bacon. And I noticed all the bacon now, fat. We should say on the grill is over the fire. Right. So it's tinfoil over fire on the grill. I just want to clarify, it wasn't like we brought a grill into the forest with us. You actually did the manly thing. and Well, I didn't, because the- Marcus got the wood, and I think you made the fire. Yeah. And then Chris gave us the tinfoil. So basically, I put out some raw bacon and let heat do its thing. <laughs> so it's a bit generous to but say that I cooked the bacon. You supervised the bacon. Sure. Yeah. So as I'm supervising the bacon, I'm realizing, oh, like there's just there's like a pool of bacon fat i'm thinking this bacon's pretty delicious but i'm pretty sure if i basted a marshmallow in that bacon grease and fried it it would oh. be delicious and so that's what i did i you did. took this giant marshmallow i i basted it in the the bacon fat shoved it in the fire which i thought it would just catch fire but it didn't it instantly crisped up that marshmallow while warming it on the inside then i got that marshmallow and wrapped it in Bacon. One of the slices of bacon, <laughs> and then put that between two of your banana chocolate chip pancakes. I just want to say they were gluten free. <laughs> yeah, like that's the great redeemer. That's going to be the redemption. <laughs> and it was marvelous. Really, it was marvelous. Well, it must have been good because I walked Tia to the bathroom and back, and I wasn't gone for longer than like six minutes, and it was gone, like completely gone. Well, of course, you, anybody can eat a pancake in six minutes. That's not an indication of awesomeness. But it wasn't just a pancake. It was like a mountainous. You should post a picture of it. Right, I'll post it a was, picture. It was It was pretty delicious fantastic. is what it was. So there you go. The world didn't come to an end. I left the house. I actually went into the great outdoors. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm now making a list of state parks that we can go visit. And... We didn't do devices for the whole time we were away. No, we, we took the iPads, and the kids were allowed to use the iPads on the way there, and on the iPads on the way home. And I brought a Nintendo Switch, because honestly, I didn't know how bored I was going to get. I didn't use it the whole time. Yeah. I only used my iPhone to post to Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, use my drone, of course, but does that even count as technology? I don't think it does. No, it's like having your own bird. 
Yeah. Yes, that's exactly It's like you brought your own hawk (laughs) out into nature. Let's just go with that. Let's give it a hawk-like name and then nobody will ever know it's a drone. You are a... (laughs) You are a wonder tonight, darling. Call it Lady Hawk. (laughs) Okay, you're banned from naming gadgets. I'm calling it Lady Hawk from now on. I'm going to be like, hey, babe, did you grab Lady Hawk? It's going to be great. How much have you had to drink tonight? I've only had LaCroix. LaCroix. It's pure tiredness. Okay, pure tiredness. Let's talk about our main topic for this week, which is all about loving well. (laughs) Yeah. This topic actually came out of a conversation we had with our kids, or actually I had with our kids. You were away. When were you away? You were away a couple of weekends ago ministering at a women's conference. Yeah. And I had the kids, and I, I'd stacked a day full of things to do. And on the way back from the movie theater, uh, we, I forgot what we went to see. It doesn't matter. But I'm driving home, and they said, what are we going to do next? I said, we're going to tidy the house. And they said, why? Which is <laughs> a somewhat scary why, response. Why would we do that horrible thing? <laughs> And I explained, well, mummy feels really loved when the house is tidy. And they asked me to expand on that topic. So I introduced the concept of love tanks to them, which immediately confused MJ because he thought about military tanks. <laughs> not, like, <laughs> not like tanks that you would hold liquid in. So right. I had to change it from tanks to containers. Oh, good, good decision. And I said, you know, all of us have a container that we store love in, and that container can get filled up with love by friends and family. Mm-hmm. And we each of us have a preference for what that container gets filled with. And or so, how it gets filled yeah, or whatever, yeah. Exactly. So they were like, well, so why does tidying the house make mummy feel loved? And I said, well, mummy is acts of service. Now, if you have read the five love languages, you're going to be very familiar with this. But this is a primer on a brilliant book written by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. And basically the premise is there are five different ways that we feel loved. And so I explained this to our kids. I said, you know, there's receiving gifts. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we like receiving gifts. That makes us feel loved. There's quality time, spending time with one another. There's acts of service, doing things for people. There's physical touch, which is like hugs and kisses. And there's words of affirmation. And so then they all took time in working out how they felt loved and and began expressing it. And so universally, they all said that they were gifts, they were quality time, and they were physical touch. Yeah, and it was lovely just watching them realize, oh, this is this is how I feel loved. Yeah, and then they said to me, "Well, how do you feel loved, Daddy?" And I said, "Well, I'm words of affirmation. Like I like it when you know people say kind things to me, and people are grateful for the things I do for them." And I said, "I'm physical touch. I love the hugs and kisses." And they're like, "Is that why you hug and kiss us all the time?" And I'm like, mm. "Yes, yes, yes, that it would is." Be why. But what was sweet was after I told them that, I noticed they all weekend they they constantly were thanking me. Daddy, thank you for taking us to the movie theater. Daddy, thank you for our gifts. Daddy, thank you for spending time with us. Daddy, thank you for making dinner. I was like, you sweet little monkeys. You've, you've, and it worked. Like, I could feel my love tank getting full with that. Yeah. This is a funny thing about it. It seems such a simple concept that it almost feels demeaning to reduce love to these, like, five practical activities. Like, I remember the first time I read the book, there was like major eye rolls, like, oh, please, seriously, this doesn't work on me. Right. But it absolutely works. Yeah. So what are you? Um, I am, the last time I tested, which was like a year ago, uh, I was evenly between gifts and acts of service as my first. Mm -hmm. And then my second was quality time. Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So... 
when you help me, when the kids help me, when anybody helps me do anything, totally fills my love tank. Or when we do things for you. Or if you do things for me, yeah. So when I came home from that women's weekend, and I know what the house looked like when I left, like it was a disaster. And so I'm coming home literally thinking he's had the kids for the last three days. There's no way he's had a chance to get anything clean. I It's funny, I didn't look at the Nest Cam, which is probably like just the Lord keeping me from remembering the look, you know? Right. But I just didn't check it. For those of you who don't know what Nest Cam is, we have cameras in our house uh, made by a company called Nest. So it allows us to see what's going on in and outside the house. So AJ's saying she could have... Had, you know, checked in any point and uh, saw the kids and see what was happening, but you didn't. I didn't. And so I came home and everything was spotless and my kids were bathed and clean and in bed and everything. And I just about burst into tears. I just, I was like, oh, wow, like you hit it out of the park. And what's lovely about these tools is you can instantly use them and see a return on your investment. Right. So because I'm high words of affirmation, I mistakenly assume everybody's high words of affirmation. So I'm just like, oh, I love you. Oh, you're amazing. And it's not that you don't like being told that you're loved, right. but it doesn't do anywhere near the filling of your love tank as it was to see the house tidy and the kids bath. Right. That would be like, if you want to think about it in terms of like a faucet, that would be like a slow trickle where, you know, coming home to a clean house and the kids being bathed was like a fire hose. Right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So if you're filling my tank, that's a faster way to fill it than there's a whole bunch of words of affirmation that would have to happen before I'd register anything. Right. And you'd probably not hear the words of affirmation because you're looking at the house, which is an absolute mess. Yes, true. The thing I loved was watching a 10, 8, and 4-year-old understand how powerful knowing your love language is. Like, it was amazing watching them identify how they feel loved and, and then recognize the intention of our parenting. So yeah. they were like, Daddy, did you take us to the movie theater because you want to spend time with us? And I said, yeah, I did. And they said, did you play video games with us because you want to spend time with us? Yeah. And you could see the cogs turning like, oh, yeah, that that's what love is. This is, you know, this is what feeds me, which is which is amazing. Yeah. And of course, I mean, I don't know if all little kids are gifts, but certainly all three of ours are at this point. You and know. it can be anything. It can be anything. It can Tic-tacs. be a $2 gift. It can be, yeah. Literally, Tic Tacs or like a, you know, spongy head or, you know, whatever. What's a spongy head? Well, like they're called mashems. They like these squishy head things. Oh. MJ's all about them. Okay. Um, you know, and that, I mean, doesn't it's not about the cost. It's about I thought of you and I knew you liked this. Right. So. Uh, growing up, I uh, the one of the most amazing memories I I have from my childhood, because growing up, we... We didn't. We got gifts on Christmas and we got gifts on our birthdays, and nothing ever. Right. right? Occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean maybe every once a month, my dad would come home, maybe on like the last Thursday, with a chocolate bar for each of us, and you know that was like, eh, you know, it was great. Don't get me wrong, we love chocolate. But I remember one day being in John Menzies, which was, uh, it was a toy store. It had toys. Okay. Yeah. And I remember being in there. I remember holding my dad's hand. Can't remember how old I would be. I could look it up because it was Return of the Jedi had just come out. And mm. I'm looking at this wall of Star Wars figures. And as I'm looking at these, this wall of Star Wars figures, my father unprompted says, would you like a Star Wars figure? And I just about passed out because I was like, it's not my birthday and it's not Christmas. And my dad said, 
you can pick any Star Wars figure you want. And I remember just thinking, pick a Star Wars figure before, you know, like... Before he changes his mind. I don't know what loophole I found, but quickly pick it. Don't question it. And it was so shocking to me. And I just remember being so shocked. Um, And it wasn't until, actually, I was grown up and went to stay with my sister... Karis, Karis and Ben, uh, my brother-in-law, who live in North Carolina. I remember being over with them, and I remember Ben had bought his kids some gifts, and I remember, like, you know, just tilting my head going, but it's not their birthdays. Now, again, I'm a right. grown adult. This was maybe like four or five years ago. Right. Thinking, not thinking, why are you buying your kids a gift, but just thinking, wait, you're you're allowed to buy? Like, that's a thing? Right. You can buy gifts when it's not a birthday or a... And having that realization, like, yeah, it's it's actually okay to do that. You can bring joy and delight to people. Yeah. Um, which must have sucked for you as a you know gift giver. Wait, what do you mean it must have sucked for me? Well, my revelation that you can buy gifts anytime you want to tell somebody yeah. you love them. Because I tended to reserve all my gifts for your birthday or for your Christmas. Yeah. And I like to think I did quite well. You did. You did great. Um, birthdays and Christmas. But it just never occurred to me throughout the year that I could buy you gifts. No, and... I'm not like, uh, even though I'm a gifts person, I'm not a flowers person. So like, I remember a couple of times you brought flowers when we first got married. And I think because flowers remind me of funerals and flowers die. And usually, uh, you know, I'm just waiting for them to die so that I can throw them out because they're making a mess on my counter or whatever. Uh, you stopped bringing flowers, which was great, but, but there's, but you never told me, babe, no. I hate flowers. Uh, well, I did, yeah. And then I never bought them again. Yeah. Win, but you, you but you did bring flowers home for Abby and Tia because they love flowers. Right. So we have flowers occasionally because the girls like them. There was something that Bill Johnson does that I was really inspired by. On his birthday, he loves to buy his kids and his grandkids now presents. Yeah, that's amazing. And I remember thinking, oh, I, I want to do that. So this year, I decided to do that. This year on my birthday, I bought you a gift and I bought each of the kids a gift. And, you did. And, and I thought, that's a great tradition. I'm going to start doing that because, well, primarily because you're a gift-giving person. Yeah, I liked my gift. Do you want to tell us what your love languages are? Yeah, mine are simple. Mine are words of affirmation and physical touch. Basically, I just want you to lie on top of me and tell me I'm awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much right. <laughs> at, at this point, it's worth noting that everybody's tank drains at a different speed. Yeah. So, in terms of uh, quality time, for me, I have a very slow leak on quality time. What I mean is, I could have one date with you, I could spend quality time with you, and it would last me, I don't know, months? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a slow drain on my need to connect. But in terms of physical touch, I want physical touch like every 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, probably. a kiss, a handhold, a cuddle. Yeah, you know what's funny is when we're in bed asleep, you do not like to be touched. In I bed. do not. Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm I want to like, fall asleep. Now that we're sleeping, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to fall asleep snuggling, and I you're know. like, oh, no. this is horrible. It's like being strapped to a heater. I just no. <laughs> I wonder if some of it is because my body doesn't regulate heat very well. Like I don't sweat, and once I get hot, I can't get unhot. Like I just, I just have trouble. So I just want to be able to regulate regulate my heat without you messing with it. <laughs> but your need for quality time is quite high. Yeah. But your need for gifts isn't as high. For example, I can buy you a gift, and that gift will keep that love tank quite full. Yes. Whereas you, you need a date every single week. 
you need some form of quality time that you can look forward to every single week. Yes. But your gift, I don't know, like every month, every couple of months, depending on what, you know, what the gift is. But honestly, I would say probably acts of service drains the fastest. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I've only just recently noticed that actually, where I'm like, oh, you know, you haven't helped me in a while or, you know, whatever. I I notice that now. Well, let's talk about that because the other thing that's interesting that we would have conflict in is actually the person who's receiving the gift gets to determine how they receive the gift. Yes. So what I mean is you're saying your acts of service and you're saying, hey, it drains quickly going, hey, you haven't helped me. And our conflict would be, are you freaking kidding me? Like, oh, I'm I'm doing our taxes or I've been doing yard work or I'm editing the podcast. And that hasn't filled your love tank because even though those are acts of service, they're not the things you want served in. Right. They're not the things that are helping me or like, I, I don't feel helped by them immediately. Yes. And that would be confusing. Yeah. Because, because it'd be like, wait, well, ha- you know, hang, hang about. So it's important to not only understand your love language, but also understand the nuances of that love language, like like how it gets filled. For example, receiving gifts. Most people who are who love their love language is receiving gifts. It doesn't have to be a wildly expensive gift, but it does have to be an appropriate gift for that person. Yeah, it has to be a gift that says "I know you." Right. It's not just any gift. Any gift, actually, just any gift is almost offensive. Right. Like my my family kind of has a track record of giving really bad gifts, and their whole thing is, "Well, I gave you a gift." What's I'm your like, problem? Yeah. But you gave me a bobblehead Jesus and dot matrix paper. Like this isn't a gift. This is something else. You this know? communicates I don't know you at all, and I didn't really care enough to think about it. But for example, but you could have actually brought me a crunchy bar and that would have been better. Or if I come back from the store and I have a Blackberry Izzy for you, that's going to speak volumes to you. Right. But if I bring home a Diet Mountain Dew, you're going to be like, are you trying to kill me? Right. And I could be like, but what? They're both fizzy drinks. Right. I thought you liked fizzy drinks. Right. And that's where I got caught up. Like, I think I went into analysis paralysis for years because I wouldn't want to buy you a gift that was wrong and you had to help me go, no, the gift I want doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to say, you are thinking of me and you know me. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I've realized, like, when you talk about, we were talking uh, just a few minutes ago about, you know, your burn on in terms of, well, you're doing the taxes or you're doing whatever. Like, I would try and logic my mind into, like, I know you're doing the taxes and I know you're doing the podcast, you know, and I'd be like, just feel happy with that. Like, just feel loved by that. But it's like, it's not a, it's not a mind over matter thing. Right. So I can totally feel thankful that you're doing the taxes or you're doing the podcast and I do, but it doesn't fill my love tank. And what I didn't realize is if I stop doing what needs to be done, for five minutes and come and help you lay the table or do something before you need it. Yep. Your love tank is like, dum de dum de dum you know, you're on yeah. top of the world. And also, I mean, even, I think, and I don't know if it's an acts of service thing or a woman thing, um, but I've realized when I ask for help, if you get up and help me right when I ask, my love tank is filled. If you wait, like, even if it's three or four minutes, it, it's it's it doesn't think, help me. I think that's a man thing because... Historically, when you've asked me for help, I think it's a theoretical question. So you're like, can you take out the trash? In my head, I'm like, 
uh, of course I can. I am physically able. I can take out the trash, yes. And I'm not being a jerk about it, but in my head, I'm not hearing, this is an immediate request for, would you take out the trash right now? My hands are covered in chicken juice. Right. I'm just thinking, yeah, I can. Or I'm thinking, sure, I'll just add it to my to-do list. And right. as soon as I'm done the things I'm doing, I'll be happy to take the trash out. Right. And it hasn't registered to me that you're literally standing there going, babe. Yeah. Like and I'm trashing your heart. Yeah. And it's funny because we didn't figure that out until a couple months ago, did we? Like I sort of figured out, oh, this is what's happening. You don't realize when I ask you, can you do this? I mean, right now. And I mean right now because I didn't plan that the trash was going to be filled or whatever, but now I'm stuck and I need help, you know? And so I totally got it that you were like, yes, I'll add it to my list. But I'm like, that doesn't help me, I, you know? And so I don't know if that is because of the acts of service thing or, you know, if it's a man-woman thing. I think thing a lot or, of it is a man-woman thing that we just yeah. process information in different speeds. Yeah. Or different senses of priority or urgency. Yeah. Speaking of priority, it's this is something we had to work hard on, is none of the languages are better than the others. Yeah. Because I don't need quality time, I didn't understand your need for quality time. Right. And I just thought, well, obviously, let's have quality time by going and making out. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> physical time and quality touch. What's, what's your problem? <laughs> right. right. And we can dismiss the ones we don't understand. Yeah. And the other thing is, just because you don't speak that language doesn't make that language weird. Yeah. But I'll tell you what is weird. What? Is learning to speak someone's language that isn't your primary language. Yeah. So you you learning to speak words of affirmation. It's been a rough road. It hasn't. I've loved every part of it, but you've just expressed how weird you feel doing it. I would say I'm not great at expressing anyway how I'm feeling at any given moment. Like, I, I don't tend to out loud say, I'm in pain, or, you know, I need this, or my heart's doing that. Like, I'm internally processing everything. So I would say, even if I notice something, that I I look at something and I think, oh, it's so nice that he did that. But I don't necessarily say out loud, hey, babe, I noticed that you did this. Thank you so much. Right, which as a number one words of affirmation just kills my heart. Right. Like, Are you freaking kidding me? I give up my Saturday night died the house and you haven't even noticed. Right. So, But I'll come in and think, well, you're trying to speak acts of service and minister to my heart. And my heart feels nice that you did that. So that's fine. You know, and <laughs> so everything's good. And I won't follow through to but actually i could speak love back to you by affirming you and what you did or just jumping me or jumping you yeah. i mean obviously that's always an option right just get naked and you'll be fine mm-hmm. that's the truth <laughs> right there oh i know <laughs> i think too is not to feel like uh I, I really struggled that one of my languages gifts because i thought oh that's the most shallow language to have you know Oh, buy me a present. I'll know that you're loved. You know, like I'll know that you love me. Feels like what, you know, I don't know. I've just but, never liked that that's something for me. But I, I think it, it, well, I know it is. Right. And we can't get away from that because the point is we're, we, we all speak all of these languages. I mean, if you're not a gift giver, everyone likes it on their birthday when they're given good gifts. Yeah. Right. So it, again, it's not that you don't value or don't like it. It's just not the, fastest draining tank in your out, out with a you know it's like a printer cartridge yeah why is it cyan always drains faster than all the others like when, right. when, I, when I ever print anything in cyan <laughs> and yet it's always empty that's an excellent question there's right? a cons- conspiracy going on here one of the things that we learned this this was danny silk it's not um gary chapman although maybe gary chapman says i haven't read gary's book in, in a while danny makes this point that 
while I want your love, you can't be the source of my love. Right. So, of course, in the context of this discussion we've been having, we've been talking about husbands and wives, but this works for friendships as well. Danny points out that actually you, AJ, you are my target for my love. God is my source. Yes. And so I have to have my tank filled from someone other than you. Otherwise, I'm going to be codependent real quick. Right. And then you can deplete me and I can deplete you and then we can just be mad at each other because we're both depleted. Right. Where actually it's our individual responsibilities to be filled from the Lord and have something to give to the other. Yeah. You're my target. God's my source. So I yeah. get filled up from the Lord and then fill, fill you up and you in turn are getting filled up from the Lord. What about, what about in situations where you are not feeling loved? And that's an interesting one because like I can intellectually say, I know that AJ loves me. Of course I know that AJ loves me. But when my love tank is depleted or your love tank is depleted, talk about healthy ways of communicating your need for love. Uh, throw stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm, I think you just have to say you're, you're not, you're not feeling loved. I mean, I think you just have to be able to talk through, Hey, what just happened right there? Because actually this is how I experienced you. This is how, you know, that conversation just hit my heart. You know, can we talk about that? Cause this is what I felt from that. And it's also providing a roadmap back to feeling loved. Yeah. that's It's hard because you have to be vulnerable. Because typically, most marriages, again, I'm talking about marriage in this context, but I'm sure it's the same for friendships. Most marriages, each person in the marriage doesn't have the same love tank. So it feels vulnerable to say, actually, I feel really loved when you buy me gifts. Or I actually feel unloved. Like it weakens our connection when you come back from the store, say, with a Mexican Coke for yourself, but not one for me, when you know that I love Mexican Cokes. Right. Or it really hurts I mean, my but heart. who would do that? I don't know, some heartless Canadian, I'm, I'm sure. In my defense, it was Izzy's not Coke. But anyway, moving on right along. Baby, I was trying to change the story <laughs> to protect the innocent, but oh. <laughs> you just outwit yourself okay. on air. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. And I'm a fast forgiver. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's weird when you... It's not weird, it's just hard to be vulnerable because it does sound shallow to say, actually, I know that you love me, I'm not feeling loved right now, could we go cuddle for a bit? I know that you love me, I'm not feeling loved, can we go have a date? I know that you love me, but I feel loved when you take out the trash. But the only way you can help another person into your heart is by actually showing them the roadmap and helping them get there. Yeah, and being able to take stock of your own heart and realize when you're disconnecting. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like when you're like, oh, I actually feel very distant. Huh. And instead of going, huh, going, huh, we need to have a conversation and we need to fix it right. and not let it keep going. What happens when you feel like it hasn't made any difference? Try again. And what happens if that doesn't work? You try again because we're in this for life. Exactly. The, so. there's, a, there's a danger it's real passive thinking that sounds like, well, I've already tried communicating and that hasn't made any difference. Then my suggestion is communicate differently. Keep keep trying your communication until you can help your friend, spouse, 
be able to understand because connection is the most important thing in any relationship. And and having said that, babe, though, yes, with your spouse, you keep trying again because you're in it for life. But I would say sometimes with friends, if if you're hitting the, you, we just do not communicate well and right. we are just missing it every single time. I think it's codependent to say we're in this for life and oh. I've got to fix it. I think sometimes you just have to go, you know, we're... We're just probably not going to be as good of friends as we were before. Right. And that's you know totally I mean? fine too. And and that's fine. But I think in marriage, in, in my mind, there's no option. There's no plan B. Right. And so we're going we're gonna to hash this through. We're going to figure it out. We're going to practice this. We're going to get better communication because it's not an option to live disconnected. Right. And it's not an option to live, you know, uh, it less than how we're designed. And if you, the two of you on your own can't get that done, bring in a skilled counsellor. Oh, for sure. Bring in a third person get to say, help. hey, we're missing each other. Can yeah. you help us decode our messages? Yeah, because otherwise, I honestly, I, I, marriage would be miserable if disconnection is your foundation. Oof. Horrible. And, and I don't want to live like that either. So, Right. Yeah. So if you want to know what your love languages are, Gary Chapman's website, fivelovelanguages.com, has a free love language assessment. You fill it out, it gives you back a score, helps you understand it. If you haven't read the book, The Five Love Languages, we highly recommend it. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Babe, I heard we have a listener's question. We do. This week's comes from Beatrice, who asks, I had a dream in which I got a new Bible. So I thought I'd do that, especially since the Bible I have used daily is a new King James I've had for 27 years. Wow. So which version would you recommend? I'd love to dig deep into the word. Thanks. Um, Beatrice, I would recommend the NASB. And it's funny, Alan and I have like a little bit of a, uh, a joke about that because uh, I think you grew up reading NIV, right? I grew up reading the NIV, but today I read the NLT, the New Living Translation. Yeah, which I like the NLT. Uh, I think what I like about the NASB, or at least when I started reading it, um, what I was told was it was, you know, one of the better translations in terms of... Yeah, but everybody uh, says that uh, about I their know, pet. In, ter- in terms of accuracy. <laughs> but but uh, So what I have is I have a parallel Bible, um, you know, and it's a, you can get them leather bound and whatever, but I have a parallel Bible with the NASB and the message. The message is like a newer, uh, modern day kind of uh, wording of things. It's a functional translation. Yeah. Whereas the NASB would be a literal translation. Yeah. So you've got a Bible on either end of the spectrum yes. together. Yes. Uh, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. And then I go through and I read it on both sides. And then I have a chat with the Holy Spirit. And then I love to go and just look stuff up uh, in the NLT or NIV and see how different translations treat it if I'm confused between the two. But I love having the two on the different spectrum and being able to go back and forth and kind of dig through it that way. I would say, Beatrice, if you've been reading the New King James for 27 years, another New King James would be great, or an NASB, which will you know be very similar. Um, you do tend to get whiplash when, you're, when you've read a certain version of the Bible for a long time, because you've either memorized certain passages or just by osmosis from your continual reading, you've memorized. And then when you begin to read it, another translation is jarring. Like for me, I, I love the message. I, I really do. But when I read the message, I get annoyed because it's changed my favorite passages. Now, I know that's dumb and it doesn't detract from the helpfulness of the message. But 
again, the New Living Translation is just, for me, is like a much friendlier version of the NIV. The truth is, whatever version, whatever modern version of the Bible you buy is going to be really, really good. I encourage people to read whatever version of the Bible they find most accessible. And then I encourage people to study multiple versions of the Bible. So I have software I use. It's called Accordance uh, for the Mac. I regularly read or consult six or seven different versions of the Bible. Um, But I read personally the New Living Translation. But, you know, go go with whatever you would love. I would recommend going to one of your Christian bookstores and spending an hour just kind of browsing through some of your favorite passages. Um, The ESV might be a great translation for you coming from the New King James. Uh, There's very trivial differences between the two. And the good thing about the ESV is they have a ton of different formats. Like, I don't know where you're located, but if you're in the U.S., Lifeway uh, has a huge connection with the ESV. And so when I went in, they had like 20 different versions of the ESV in really, really nice Layout, style, hardback, softback, leather-bound, journaling versions. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my journaling Bible is ESV. I quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again this week. We have a killer conference coming up in a couple of weeks at Gray Center. Our dear friends, David Campbell and Gary Morgan, tremendous, tremendous uh, men of God, hilarious, down-to-earth people with genuine, long-lasting histories with Jesus. They're going to be ministering at Gray Center. I'd highly encourage you to come. Our tickets for the main room are selling out quickly. I'd encourage you to get a ticket so you can be in with us. Uh, go to gracecenter.us slash heavendeclares to get all the information. And hit up alanandaj.com slash 168 for this week's show notes. And if you'd like to ask us a question, head over to alanandaj.com slash ask and go ahead and put in your question there. We'd love to answer it on air. Yeah. And we have a Patreon website, which allows our listeners to get more connected with us. If you visit patreon.com slash Alan and AJ, you can find out more ways to get connected with us and with other listeners of the show. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll be back this time next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone